Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 94. On today's show, I'm talking about the best ways to organize your days so that you can stress less and get more done. Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome back to the show. I am excited to talk about today's topic because I am always on the hunt for a good hack, tip, shortcut, especially when it comes to being organized, whether that's in my home, my life, or my calendar. So if you're like me and you want to be able to get more done in less time, then this is a great episode for you. I'm breaking down what I do each day to be more productive, and I'm finishing it off with some quick tips. But before we jump in, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you because Want to Be Clutter Free just hit over 1,100 followers on Instagram, and it's amazing to continue to see our community grow and welcome new faces. So before we get any further, I just want to say thank you. And I normally ask this at the end of the show, but I'm feeling a little bold and mixing things up today. So if you could please help me out and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, a review, I would really appreciate it. Your subscribes, ratings, and reviews are what help this show rank in minimalism, decluttering, and organization podcasts, and that is the lifeblood for a podcaster like me. So take a screenshot of you listening, share it on your Instagram story, and tag me at wannabeclutterfree, and I'll be sure to reshare it. And if there's anything you want me to talk about or go into more detail on, please pass your suggestions along to me too. I'd love to hear them. You can DM me on Instagram, or you can email me at deanna at wannabeclutterfree.com. And with that, let's look at how we can organize our days so that we can maximize them. Okay, let's start off by looking at why is it even important to have an organized day? Well, I think we kind of know deep down why we don't really have to talk about it too long, but 
The day can get away from you so easily. There are so many things that are pulling on you for your attention. And we get all these messages just thrown at us and they just come from all sides. And so if we're not organized, it's really easy to jump from fire to fire. And as we're jumping from fire to fire, we're not moving forward in our lives. We are just, we're getting stagnant. We're just dealing with things as they come and we're not actually moving, progressing in our goals. We're not actually like doing the things we really want to be doing in life. And that's when we look back all of a sudden and go, what the heck? A whole year has passed? What happened? And so that is why it's really important to organize each and every one of your days. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be, you know, super type A. It doesn't have to be, you know, time blocking every minute. There is some time blocking in here, but I'm going to tell you how I do it. And it really can be something that just once you do it a little bit, it really just starts to flow and makes your day so much easier to manage and you can get more done and you can then have time to rest. This isn't just to get more done so that you can jam pack more in. It is so that you can do the things that you need to get done so that you have time to rest and recuperate and rejuvenate and actually enjoy the life that we live. Okay. So let's look at an example in my life. Like normally I will get up at 530 in the morning and this gives me enough time to get a good workout in, check on my business to see if there's any pressing issues, take the first few sips of my coffee and then clean up with a shower before waking my daughter up at 645 for the day. So if, for instance, I stay up late one night during the week, say we had friends over or there was a movie we wanted to watch, I got caught up in a work thing, or I just felt like scrolling social media. I mean, what? I'm just being honest because all of those things do happen from time to time. They just don't happen all the time. The next morning, I'm tempted to hit snooze and enjoy the warmth of my bed a little bit longer. After all, it's only one day and I deserve it, right? Rest and recuperation is important too, and life has been stressful lately, and I'm only human, and all of these things, right? You can see how easy it is to justify these thoughts about derailing our day before it even begins. So if I give in to this, well, my entire day can be off, and I can feel icky all day because suddenly my one snooze might turn into three, and then there goes my workout. Or maybe I'll squeeze in a short one and I'll rush through my shower. I'll turn on the coffee as I go to wake up my daughter. And since I'm already in a rush and I'm stressing out because I didn't get my regular me time in the morning, I'm likely to be a bit snippier. And that's with her and my husband and with myself. And then that causes both of them to start their days off on the wrong foot too. And before you know it, we're all scrambling to scarf down breakfast and get out the door and you know, I rushed through the rest of the morning prep and then we are, we're out the door, we're in the car, we're on the way to school. Now, earlier that morning, I hit the snooze button as a treat and to give myself a little relaxation. But now as I'm sitting in the car stressing about getting to school on time, I feel anything but relaxed, refreshed or rejuvenated. My day started off as a mess and it's really difficult to get it back on track. Does any of that sound familiar? I know I'm not the only one who does this sometimes. Now, the crazy thing is that even though we know deep down that this is what is going to happen, you know, we know that we're going to really have not a great morning and then not a great day if we hit that snooze button, but it's really hard to not do that. And I am destined myself to repeat this more often than what I would like. And I am the most vulnerable I know when life is busy, when both my work projects and my personal life, social life are busier than normal. 
or if I have a particularly hard thing that's looming on the horizon, oh, I hate when those hard things are out there because it's so easy to be like, well, I could do this and do this and do this and procrastinate until I do it. But I have learned that I need to just, you know, tame that monster, like just slay it, get it over with. And then it's so much easier to get back to things. So I know that things will go bad if I hit snooze. So I try not to do it. Every once in a while, it does happen. I'm human. But the good thing is by implementing the following three steps, I have greatly decreased those mornings where I backslide. And now I want to make sure that I share those proven steps with you because they worked so well for me and I want you to be able to try them too. Okay, so the first thing I do, step number one is brain dump. Okay, I know. I can hear some of your sighs from over here. A brain dump, this is the big epiphany that's going to make my days more organized. I know, a brain jump, dump, it's just a jumbled mess, but it's extremely important to start here. So when we link this with step number two, which is what I'm going to talk about in a second, the magic happens. But just so we're all on the same page, I want to start with what a brain dump is so that we know, because maybe you've heard this before and it just is a little bit different. Okay, so I prefer to do this actually the night before so that I can quiet my mind and I know that I'm all set for the next day before my head even hits the pillow. So brain dumps are pretty easy to start. I just write down all the things I need to do and all the things that I want to do the next day or even the next week or even the next year. It doesn't have to be super specific. I just try to get everything out of my head. So it could be anything work-related like brainstorming upcoming podcast episodes or reaching out to guests, creating social media images or updating a lesson in my course. It could be personal things like grocery shopping, picking up a gift for a neighbor, getting my daughter new shoes, or talking about summer camps with my husband. It could be things about the house that's, you know, organizing a drawer that's gotten a little out of hand or making sure that I get a load of laundry done because I want to wear a certain shirt later in the week or my daughter has something coming up and she needs a certain dress. So it can be anything. And that's the point of a brain dump because It's this eclectic list and just it's all comprehensive. It's everything that is just kind of weighing on you. So there is no sorting out. There is no editing at first. It is just a bleh. That's why it's called the brain dump. Now, the thing that works the best for me is to do this part as quickly as possible. I don't want to overthink it. There's not a, you know, plan set in stone. It's a brainstorming process. So I want to just get it all out of there, get it on paper so that I can actually deal with it. So I actually race against the timer to do this. And when I've been doing this for a few days in a row, I have found that it takes me really only about five minutes to do this brain dump. Some of the things on the list have probably been resolved or I'll have decided that they're not as important at this time and they kind of weed themselves off the list. Or I've put them on the list before so they're really easy to add again. But I found that if I'm out of practice or for those of you who are listening who are totally new to this idea, 10 minutes usually seems to be that sweet spot. Like if I haven't done this for a while, 10 minutes usually is enough for me to kind of run out of ideas. So, and then I just set the timer and I hit start and I start writing down. I have one notebook where I prefer to keep my running notes. And these are just like anything that pops in my head. I grab this notebook so I know that it's not stashed on a million different papers around the house. And so that way, if I'm kind of stuck too, I can go back to my last brain dump list and kind of see if there's anything in there. I can kind of look over my notes over the past week if I need to. So that is kind of a little side tip there. Try to find one place to be writing all of this stuff down. 
And then I have another planner notebook that has more of a weekly schedule, and that's where I kind of will um, edit what I want to do. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. So just write it all down. I put it in my notebook. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. If you only have paper right now, do you can do it on scratch paper, but I do highly recommend that you get one place to put all of these notes. So even if it's just scrap paper, find a drawer to tuck all of these away so that you can refer back to them if you need them. And then of course you can do this on your computer too, but I find that when I'm just starting out, paper is much easier for me. So if you are a, you know, total electronic person and you want to do it on a computer, that is fine too. So whatever works for you, just get it done. All right. So that's all there is to step one. After about five to 10 minutes, you'll have probably this long list of things to do and it feels a little crazy, but that's why we move to step two, which is to give it meaning. So once you have all of those things out of your head, it's time to make sense of it all because this is the real star of the show and what allows me to actually enjoy that better night's sleep. Because I know I said that, that, you know, getting it out of my head was what helped, but if I just wrote everything down with no plan, I would actually be stressed out all night about all that stuff that I had to do and I would get a terrible night's sleep. So step two remedies this, because if you haven't guessed, I do this right after brain dump, right? So I reset my timer for five to 10 minutes and I prioritize the list. Now, this can be a creative process. If you need a creative outlet, you can go to your heart's content here because you can make it fancy if you want. You can highlight all your work tasks one color. You can do your personal tasks another color. If you need it, go for it, but it really is not necessary. I don't actually go that far. So, If some, let's go through some tasks or things that might, uh, you know, that might stick out for you because the necessary part, highlighting it and doing all the designs and all that kind of stuff, that's not necessary. But the necessary part is that you need to look at the things on your list and decide which ones would make the biggest impact to your day, the ones that would have the biggest impact on your goals and the ones that would make you the happiest or relieve the most stress in your life. So if you're out of groceries, going grocery shopping is going to be pretty important. Although if you absolutely do not have time to shop, then I actually challenge you to see if you can create meals from the items you have in your pantry and then make a plan to go to the store tomorrow. You probably could figure it out. And sometimes I really enjoy those creative days because you're kind of forced with your back up against the wall. I find that I can get a lot more creative. Or if that's too much, take a, you know, go ahead and pick up takeout and let go of the guilt. Just don't make a habit out of it because then the occasional stop feels special and it's not guilt inducing. If it becomes a habit and you're tight on money, then you're going to feel guilty about it all the time. And then that's not really the, the effect we want. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. 
So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So that's kind of a personal thing. If you're on deadline at work, well, getting your work project completed should be the number one priority during your work hours, right? Don't procrastinate and do the admin tasks. Make sure you're doing the one thing that actually needs to get done that's going to make a difference for you. If your priority is getting your kids registered for school or signed up for summer camp this week, that's great. Then those tasks need to go to the front of the line because if we're on deadline and something has a due date, then those things are important. And so this is why the second step is to give your list meaning. A giant list of things to do, well, that's overwhelming. And frankly, it's not very useful. But a prioritized list where you move the things that really matter to the top Well, it's not only going to make you more productive, it's going to help clear your mind so that you can enjoy the things that you're doing. You can enjoy them more instead of just jumping from task to task and hoping that you're making a dent. So just try not to list everything as a priority. Choose your one to two things and then mark those as the must do's. So that's going to be number one. You want to just move like one to three things up to the very top. And those are the I absolutely have to get these done today tasks. Then create a section of tasks that are your second priority. So these are the tasks that would be absolutely great if they were able to get done. But if they get pushed back a day or two, it's not really a big deal. And then the rest of the tasks, well, they go in your if you have time section. Now, this last section, oh, it is the hardest for me. And it was the hardest for me when I started. So if you struggle with the concept of not planning to get everything on your list done, Just know that I have been there with you, okay? I have been there. I know what it's like to create a giant list and want to be able to check it all off. So the surprising thing was that once I actually started getting my priority tasks done and I got them done regularly, not just once, one off, that the rest of that list actually became much easier. So some of those tasks were procrastination tasks, you know, things that I would put on my list to avoid doing the hard things. And then once I got the hard things done, well, those kind of procrastination tasks weren't as important. Others were there, you know, and they're things that I could do on the weekend with help from my family. Other tasks resolve themselves when my priority tasks were finished. I kind of already talked about that, or I decided they weren't as important and didn't need to get done because I kind of already moved past it. So I'm sure you already noticed, but these first two steps to organizing your day actually start the night before. 
Now, of course, you can do these in the morning if you are a morning person and you really want, you know, you don't really like to do that kind of end of day thing. But as I stated earlier, having these mapped out makes it easier for me to sleep at night. So if you've ever struggled with that, I would highly recommend trying this just before you go to bed. Or it doesn't have to be just before you go to bed, but it could be right after dinner. It could be right, you know, in the afternoon, kind of as you finish your work tasks. And, you know, then this is kind of ready for you to start the next day. Okay, so that's steps one and two, brain dump and then organize it or get it, you know, kind of set it out and get your priorities right. Okay, so how do we plan out our day so that it actually stays on track? Well, that's going to be step number three. And then step number three is to break down your day into big time blocks. So the most common time blocks are morning, afternoon, and evening. But for me, I add in early morning, morning routine, and after bedtime which that time is after my daughter heads to bed. So I actually have six time blocks that I work with. So let's look at my schedule. Starts like this. Early morning, I already talked about this, starts at 5.30. It includes a workout followed by coffee and checking to make sure that there are no pressing work matters before hopping in the shower. Now this time block wraps up at 6.45 when I wake up my daughter. From there, I switch to our morning routine, which is that hour and a half between when my daughter wakes up and when I get back from dropping her off at school. That time block revolves around breakfast, getting lunch packed, unloading the dishwasher, checking that homework is complete and signed off on last night's reading, um, consulting the calendar to make sure we didn't forget anything, and then getting out the door for school. My morning time block is when I get to work, and I have the most focus in the morning. So this is when I work on my big tasks. So remember step two and the items that will move the needle the most. I like using a technique called the Pomodoro technique, and that is where you set a timer for 25 minutes and then take a five minute break. But sometimes I will get in the flow and I will just keep working right through that timer. I definitely make sure that I take a break at least once an hour so that I stand up and move around because that just helps kind of clear my brain a little bit. So that goes, that's my morning time block, and it's when I work on those big tasks. Then my afternoon break starts with lunch around noonish, and then I start to work on my admin tasks or the things that do not need as much brain power. So remember, I've used up a lot of that already with my morning work because I was working on those really important things. And so tasks that I do during this time are things like scheduling my podcast, putting the elements together on my website for upcoming episodes, posting to social media, and then my Work afternoon currently ends at 2.15 and my personal afternoon begins right there. So this is when I pick up my daughter from school. And so then we're busy with snack and homework time. We're working on projects, making crafts or building Legos. And then lately we have been reading Harry Potter and we just started the seventh book. So we are wrapping up that series. Now, sometimes I will pop back in on a work task if I didn't get something completed, but it varies from day to day. So That one has a little bit of, you know, cushion and a little bit of leeway there. My evening routine starts with making dinner and it's all about family time from here on out. So this is when we connect at the end of the day. We eat together, we chat about our days and we do something together like either play a game, read together or watch some television. And then this time block ends when I tuck my daughter into bed. Now, then that leads me to the after bedtime routine. And this is when my husband and I catch up. So we generally watch an episode of something, catch up on anything we missed or we didn't want to discuss with our daughter. And then we head to bed. 
But before I tuck in, I make sure that I prep the coffee maker for the morning and I spend my 10 minutes on steps one and two. So steps one, that brain dump and step two, giving it meaning so that I can sleep well and I hit the ground running the next morning. And those are it. So those are my, you know, three tips for organizing my day. And honestly, if you just incorporate these steps, I can almost guarantee that your day will go well and you will actually multiply your productivity. But there are a few more tips that I want to leave you with today, just so that you can really hone in on what it is that you need and want to do. So the first one is to focus on one task at a time. So I used to be a multitasker with 20 tabs open on my computer at once, but I have found that I am so much more productive when I focus and I close out those other distractions. I try to do one thing at a time. And if something pops in my head, I write it in that running, that notebook of my running notes so that I can go back to it and I don't forget it. The next step is to identify your peak productivity hours. So I'm a morning person. I have the most energy and mental capacity in the morning. Now, if that is not true for you, then you can adjust your schedule and take advantage of when you are at your best. And right now, so many different jobs and things are remote and flexible so that we can take advantage of this. So if you really are a night owl and that's when you do your best work, then maybe you and you're working out of the home, then maybe you can talk to your employer if you're doing remote work about having different hours and being a little bit more flexible. The thing is, right now, you know that answer is, you know, you're not doing it. You haven't asked. And so the worst that can happen is that they can say, no, they don't want to do that. And then you're no worse off than you are now. So really think about your peak productivity hours, when it would work best for you, and then try to work your schedule around those hours so that you can get the most done and not really fight against your own innate uh, personality. Okay, the next tip is to distraction proof your environment. Though most people think about removing distractions from their workspace, but you can remove distractions from your personal space and time blocks too. So for instance, I will shut shut off social media during my work times in the morning when I'm doing those big tasks, but I turn it back on for my afternoon one when I'm doing maybe some more admin tasks and it's not as important that I really focus. So, but then I will go further on my personal time and I will leave my phone in the other room when I'm in mommy mode in the afternoon with my daughter. Because that pull, that like that, uh, the, I don't know, the addiction to pull my phone out and check it is so strong that I have to get it out of my space entirely. So, I mean, that's just what works for me. I try to have time when I'm in mommy mode and my phone is not even in my pocket, on me, near me, whatever, so that I can really focus on her and what we are doing. But let's talk about the phone, though, because it's not always bad and we can leverage technology to help us. So that's actually the next tip. So I want you to use alarms or reminders to help cue your brain when it's time to start the next task or to wind down after a long day. So I have recurring reminders in my phone that, you know, go off throughout the day. And it does really just help me like, oh, okay, right. Remember this or remember that. And if they're not on my phone, they're on my computer. So um, if I have my, you know, phone turned off because I'm, you know, in focus mode. 
So another thing we do though in our home with this is that we have smart light bulbs and they're on timers throughout our house. And so this helps us stay on task too. So the light in our living room actually turns off at 9.30 at night. So if we're still up, it's a great nudge to head to bed because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, there's the there's the clock, there's the alarm. And now I know it's it dims slowly. And so it kind of gets me in the mood to make sure that I, you know, I'm like, okay, turn it all off, go to bed, get some rest. And then finally, the last tip I want to leave you with is to build in some buffer time. Look, I wish that life went according to plan all the time, but that's just not how life is. So instead of fighting against it and wishing you can change something that is unchangeable, go ahead and make it a point to plan for the unexpected and to create some cushion throughout your day. So this is going to allow you to work longer on tasks that need it without stressing out or having to push tasks to the next day. And if you have extra time at the end of the day, you either can work on those less important tasks or instead of cramming your schedule full, you can give yourself a break and come back to it tomorrow where you will be more refreshed and more regenerated and rejuvenated is the word I'm looking for. Sorry about that. And just be excited to tackle it again because we don't want to burn out. We want to be excited for our days that lay ahead of us. And honestly, organizing my day has been one of the biggest things that has helped me not only just get more done, but be excited to do it. So now it is your turn. I want to know what was your favorite productivity or organization tip from today's show. Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I am really curious to see what you thought. So let's encourage each other and support one another on our journeys to living those amazing lives with less clutter. And if you'd like more behind the scenes and, you know, view into my life, tips on living better with less stuff, decluttering, organizing, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at wannabeclutterfree. And if you like this episode or found any episode helpful, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcast. It makes my day and it helps me so, so much. So thank you for tuning in today. And if you would like to learn more from me, how I can help you or how you can implement the things we chat about on the Wannabe Minimalist Show, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com. There are free downloads, online programs, and other resources to help you create the vibrant, happy, simple, and abundant life that you really want And that wraps up for today's show. I hope that these tips will help you tackle your busy days so that you can get more done and leave the stress behind. Have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week. Cheers. I'm Deanna Yates and this is the Wannabe Minimalist Show. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.